Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of My Journey Podcast. I'm your host Anya and today's episode is about the history of Palestine in Israel part 2. So in the last part we talked about basically the um, emerge, like how Zionist, Zionism basically emerged and how um, Palestinians were being ethnically cleansed and basically how the Jewish uh, leader Theodore, not li- really leader, but the Jewish man Theodore Herzl chose um, Palestine as its place to basically secure the state of Israel and how basically this has not just started in the commonly known factor of 1948 but actually it started before that. So today we'll be talking about um, World War II and onwards and how the Holocaust and World War II affected Palestine. So there's three different ways. The first one is that when this these events of the World War II and the Holocaust happened, it basically increased the desperation of the Zionist movement to um, establish the Jewish state in Palestine by any means necessary because they were being persecuted by Europe and Nazi Germany. And this also um, determined, made them determined and motivated to um, ethnic cleansing of Palestine. So, as we all know, um, if we probably learn in our history classes, Nazi Germany um, and Europe were very against um, Jewish people. And so when Jewish people and the Zionist people, Zionism basically faced this um, torture and this persecution from these countries, they got more, more motivated to make their own state so that no one could threaten them like they were being threatened before. Uh, the second reason is because events in the war provided like ways that um, how basically what transfer population can look like which is basically just moving people around from their own country and to other places just to, like, basically displace them. And this is confirmed... This is not just a conspiracy theory because a lot of people think of it as a conspiracy theory, but um, this is confirmed by Benny Morris and his story. And he he was not Israeli, but he was um, anti-Palestine, anti, uh, anti-Palestinian, and he would basically talk about transpopulation and this provided... Basically, what happened in the war provided the Zionism movement to basically see how transfer population can work and motivate them even more. The last point is which weakened the Britain, British Empire. So, at this point in 1947, Britain left Palestine and said he doesn't. They don't want um. They don't want anything to do with it, and they just basically said, uh, to the UN to figure out a compromise between people who don't want and want to be comp- uh, colonized. So people who don't want to be colonized and want to be colonized, there was two different plans. So the first plan the UN suggested was to establish secure democratic state where everyone was equal. Basically, it doesn't matter who you are, where are you from, what religion you are, everyone's equal under the law and blah, blah. And the second reason was divide up the land. Obviously, we all know which one was chosen. It was the second one, which they decided to divide up the land. And I think it was six different territories that it was divided up to. Obviously, the Palestinian people said no because they don't want their pl- their land to give be given away and to be basically divided between people. They don't want it to be divided by. And also because if you see the history in the last episode, they were treated actually really badly by, by these people. So obviously, they wouldn't want to give their own land to these people. So obviously, they diva- they decided no on the situation and wanted um the first option, which was to make everyone equal. But the Zionists obviously said yes. And... Not only because they got land, but because there was a major um, 
increase in land of how much of how much land they got so before this situation and before the british empire gave the power for, to the un to make a compromise the zionist movement was in charge or maybe a better word would be occupied 6% of palestinian land before this situation and when the second um the plan came in of dividing up the land it gave the Zionist movement and the Jewish people 60% occupation of Palestinian land. So basically 10 times more. And obviously, as you can see, that is a big increase from 60 to 60%. And obviously the Zionist people saw this as an opportunity and said, yes. And they described this as a temporary stepping stone to redeeming all of Palestine. This plan was basically just to um, redeem Palestine. But in the end, we all know what happened. And so... Late 1947, after the failed agreement on plan that uh, multiplied the land possession by Zionist, the Nekba started. So the the agreement of the plan was basically not done. Obviously, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't agreed on. And this is where the famous Nekba started. As you all have probably heard this voice, it voice, um, word. Sorry, have you probably all heard this word? It's basically the arabic word for the catastrophe now if you have palestinian friends or anyone you know who's palestinian they probably have um ancestors that went through the nakba and you can ask them of their stories there's many 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 stories and i wouldn't get into any of them because as you all know i'm not palestinian but if you ask anyone who is they will probably totally tell you about nakba so that's where i'm going to start now so that's that's basically what happened because of the world war ii and the holocaust um, there was a major um, divide of land and it really just shows more struggle of the Palestinians. Like, they, they're being treated like absolute garbage and they're not being led to have their own land. Like, they were there first, but people treat it like they were never there. So now we'll talk about the Nakba. So as I said before, the Nakba means the catastrophe in Arabic and it's important to really know that in within a year and a half, seventy eight percent of Palestine was violently colonized. It was ethnically cleansed, and Palestinians were forced to be refugees in other countries or areas. Five hundred villages, towns, and cities were depopulated, ethnically cleansed, and one hundred and fifty five massacres. Different different types of ma- massacres were committed, and obviously, these statistics, as you can see, seventy eight percent of Palestine was just destroyed um basically the palestinian people and 500 villages towns and cities were depopulated and one by 155 massacres were committed obviously this terrified the population and they saw the other towns and the other cities being everyone in that town or city being killed so even though some of these towns and cities were not affected people still flew the place because they didn't want to they they still flee because they didn't want to be affected as well they saw how it was affecting other people in other cities and towns and they thought they were next so people out of fear and how out of just pure they were just scared they were scared obviously it's it's normal to be scared some people their their towns were perfectly fine but they were scared and they also flee the place so by the time the war broke out, which we're all fam- we all famously know between Israel and other Arabs, before this, already 300,000 Palestinians had been ethnically cleansed. 
So, um, I think the war was around May. Uh, I think I wrote that down, but I can't remember. But, um, May nineteen forty eight. Yep, in nineteen May nineteen forty eight, when the war happened, before the war, three hundred thousand Palestinians had been already ethnically cleansed, and a lot of people are like, "How was this? Uh, how was this? Uh, like, how did this happen? Like, how was it allowed?" People don't care. Other if this if this was in like if this was like another situation where some other country said did this, it wouldn't be allowed. But obviously, as we all know, Britain had a major part, and no one can go in front of them and do something. And Israel is just crazy at this point. So this was basically achieved. This ethnically cleansing of three hundred thousand Palestinians was achieved because of the amount of military weapons and basically their military the the military of the israel was really really good and the reason why it was good because if you remember before after the ottoman empire fell britain came into palestine and the zionist movement also came in um palestinians were being um discriminated while zionist movements and the jewish people were being treated really nicely so during that time, they also helped them with resources and they helped them gain more military um, possession and more, basically more of everything. And this also increased their military. And um, because of this, 300,000 Palestinians had been ethnically cleansed even before the um, war. So when um, the British control of Palestine ended in May 1948, they just left and said they didn't take any responsibility, even though everything was their fault. So 1948, Britain's like, okay, we're leaving. You, This is not our responsibility. Whatever happens, happens. So they left. They're out of the picture. And then when they left, the Zionist movement declared establishment of the state of Israel. So the moment Britain left, the Zionists saw this as an opportunity and declared Israel as a state. So when this happened, right now there's no war. So when the state of Israel was declared, the population of other Arab states, um, all of us, like normal humans in Arab states, forced their leaders to basically stop the colonization. So the, the, the leaders of the Arab states did not really want to have a war with Israel, but they were kind of forced to by their own people. And if they didn't do something, it would have looked stupid. But also, the um the Arab states had their own um their own reasons to do the, to have the war, and they were all own self selfishly. But in the end, the war happened, and when the war happened, they obviously, as we all know, failed and miserably in the war in nineteen forty nine, and eighty percent of Palestine was expelled. So, not only because oops sorry, <clears throat> not only because um the the arabs defeated not only because the arabs were bad or like they they had their own selfish reasons as why they were defeated because there was many other reasons um one of them being that they were severely outnumbered so there was 90,000 israeli troops altogether at their peak and 30,000 arabs combined troops so 90,000 and 30,000 two different numbers but the Arabs all together, all of those countries, Iraq, all of those countries, Lebanon, whatever it was, I don't know which countries were, I'm not sure about that. But all of those Arab states that came into war, their troops combined was 30,000. 
and the Israeli troops were 90,000. Obviously, this was severely outnumbered, and because of that, and many other reasons, the Arabs failed the war, and in 1949, 80% of Palestine was expelled. And because of this Nakba, Palestinians fled everywhere, everywhere around the whole country. Um, they went to places where they thought they were safe, but sometimes they weren't. A lot of people um, fled to the Gaza, the Gaza Strip. So... A lot of people ask also, a main question is why did people, because if you ask people in Gaza right now, um, where are you from? They'll probably not say Gaza. They will, some will, but some will say, I'm a refugee here. Because a lot of these people in Gaza right now aren't in their homeland. They were just forced to Gaza from the, um, the, the Israeli war that happened and basically when Israel took over Palestine. And so a lot of people went to Gaza because it was the only Palestinian area at that time that Egypt managed to capture from Israel at the time. So obviously right now it's not. But at the time, it was the only Palestinian area that Egypt managed to capture from Israel. And the population of Gaza was already a lot at the time, but it quadrupled basically because of this um, displacement and because of how many refugees of of Palestinians came into Gaza. Um, they a lot of a lot of these people also just went everywhere is because and they took minimal stuff because they thought they would be able to return back. They thought oh, oh after the war, um I'll be able to return back home. But as you know, that's not the case and some people took like it's, some people had so much hope to go back home that they didn't even take minimal they, like they didn't take like survival needs that they needed to take because they thought after the war they would just be able to go back home but obviously as we know they still have not been able to go back home and many of these people around Palestine are not in their own homeland and so yeah I think I think that's it I have a lot of information more to share but I think the rest you can just tell um after the Nakba it's commonly known what happened after that um, Israel just took off more land and in October 7th it just started um, but it's important to know that this doesn't just start now it started in the 1800s and yeah that's basically it um, before I end off I'm just going to give a few advice and um, before I give that advice I'm just going to say one more time because I'm not going to take credit for the information I got I obviously did some research on the facts that I got but all the facts that I got are from the podcast Let's Talk Palestine. So if you want to know more, please go check that out. And yeah, let me give you a few advice and then I'll go and stop annoying you guys. So at this desperate time of need, um, in where the Palestinians are going through so much torture and so much ethnically cleansing, um, a lot of people ask the question of what do I do? What do I do in this situation? And honestly, even though we can donate, even though we can speak out on social media, the most important thing as Muslims that we, that we can do is pray. I'm, I'm not just saying, oh, get up one day and just, like, do do as much as you can. But if you really, really want to help, after every single prayer, you should make dua. That's the only thing we can really do. It's, it's, it's the only thing we have the power to do. Obviously, the rest is up to Allah. And as you know, everything, the, Allah has a reason for everything. This is happening for a reason. We may not know the reason, but it's happening for a reason. And we just have to leave it in Allah's hand. So my advice to everyone listening would just be to have faith in Allah. And 
not really blame anyone for this. Like, a lot of people I see nowadays are like, what, Ya Allah, why is this happening? I get what you're trying to say, but it's not right because you're basically questioning Allah's choices. And that's not... Like, I get what you mean, but it's, like, it's not the right way to say it, basically. Like, the wording isn't correct. So, instead of saying, Ya Allah, why is this happening? Say, Allah has a plan for everything, okay? Just just leave it all up to Allah and make as much as the way you can. Pray to Hajjud. Do, do what you can and what you're able to do. If you think that you're able to donate, if you think you're able to pray, if you think you're able to do a lot then do it. And if you think you're just uh, able to just make one dua, do it. Just do what you can. That's basically what I would like to say. That's what I've been doing. Um, what I've also been doing is just searching more in the history. Obviously, as you know, these podcasts, um, I've also been teaching you guys the history. So um, that's what I've been doing and educating myself so that when someone asks me a question, I can basically tell them what happened. So yeah, that thing, I think that's it. But if you want more information, you can always message me on my Instagram, my journey podcast. Um, Check out my other episodes. I will be releasing my new um series episode of um the Sira of Prophet Muhammad soon, probably tomorrow. Um if not, um I will tell you when. And I think that's it. Assalamu alaikum.